Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Tales. This is Mummy Work Okay, thanks. Hello and welcome back to the Kiwi Birthtales podcast. I am your host, Jordan. Thank you so much for being here and tuning in from wherever you are in the world. I hope you had a beautiful Christmas and New Year period with your family. And yeah, thank you for being here. I can't believe that we're already 10 days into January. I had planned on having really consistent episodes for you over the break, but clearly that didn't happen. So really pleased to be bringing you this episode today. I do have a recommendation for you before we jump into it. Um, I've seen all over TikTok and creeping into Instagram is your 2023 ins and outs. Um, I really love the idea of something or things that you might be letting go of um, that came with you from 2022 and things that you want to start or take with you into 2023. So I did a list of mine. I posted them to my Instagram story. Um, Some of my ins were drinking a shitload of water every day. Um, It's definitely my goal to do over four liters a day. Uh, walking 10 kilo- uh, walking 10 kilometers I wish um, walking 10,000 steps and moving my body in ways that make me feel good sharing more about the highs and lows of business and being okay with the fact that there are highs and lows traveling with my babies and with Joe and spending more time with our loved ones and our families so those are my ins for 2023 my outs are people pleasing answering work emails late at night and not switching off starting my day with negative thoughts about my body and being sorry for setting boundaries so those are my 2023 ins and outs Um, I could probably have added like 50 more but I'm just trying to keep the list short and sweet so I just encourage you to reflect on what the last year was like for you um, being really intentional about what you want 2023 to look like and yeah however that might play out for you so a nice little way um, to sit down and have some time to think about yourself for once. So that's my recommendation today. Okay, what am I talking about in today's episode? I talk with Christina. She is a beautiful mum of two and she talks us through uh, her two pregnancy and birth stories in Christchurch and what that was like for her. She talks about falling pregnant really quickly after her first birth, which was only about four months postpartum. She had a really significant postpartum hemorrhage after her first birth and her actual birth she describes as really beautiful, um, a drug-free birth and then all of a sudden things went pretty quickly downhill after that with her hemorrhage. So she talks us through that sort of trauma actually post-birth, which is something that she didn't expect and we probably don't often talk about. And then we jump into, yeah, finding out that she was pregnant at four months postpartum, still like trying to process that birth. So I think it's a really interesting episode. If you're someone who's also got a close age gap, Christina is super real about what life has been like for her. She's got some really handy tips in there and I just think it was really interesting to listen to her story. So 
I hope that you love it. If you are pregnant at the moment, I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you're looking for more birth education, make sure you go and check out Your Birth Project, which is my online hypnobirthing course, the recently released Your Birth Project journal, and they are resources to help you create your best birth. There's a store, there's another first aid course, there's all sorts of things. So go and check out at Your Birth Project on Instagram or www.yourbirthproject.com. Okay, let's jump into the episode. Enjoy. Hi, Christina. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Jordan. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> no problem. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Sure. So um, my husband and I are from Auckland originally, and we spontaneously decided to move to Queenstown after we got married almost five years ago. Um, <laughs> after that, we had a job opportunity in Christchurch so we packed up two years later and we've been in Christchurch for about three years so um, we have our little girl Eleanor who is 20 months almost 21 months and our little boy Jasper who is seven months so very very busy little family here. <laughs> Amazing I love their names that's yeah really really beautiful names and do you want to talk us through what the journey was like for you um, getting pregnant? Sure. So, oh gosh, it was 2020 post lockdown, you know, I think lots of us were like, let's just have a baby. Um, we were quite lucky that it, it wasn't a big um, journey to pregnancy. Uh, I think it took maybe three or four months after I came off the pill. Um, and yeah, it was, it was pretty simple. I definitely didn't find out the normal way I didn't pee on the stick and you know all that I was in excruciating pain um went to the doctors had this pain down my left hand side and he did some tests and everything else I was like oh so strange um and it turned out I was pregnant I tried to pee on a stick it was absolutely no line definitely very very early days um so we found out quite quickly um I was ahead of the game so I was able to find a midwife really quickly and all that sort of stuff so it was really good um but yeah it was pretty pretty simple for us the first time around um yeah it was it was relatively easy yeah yeah amazing very cool and how did you feel finding out that you were pregnant like what were you yeah what were you sort of feeling knowing that you were pregnant um, it was a shock, even though we had been trying. Um, mm. I, I think you'll never expect, you know, even though you're trying, you don't expect it. And it was such a shock, uh, especially finding out um, from the doctor, not really um, that usual way. Um, but we were really happy once the shock kind of wore off. Yeah, it was, it was exciting. We were good. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And did you decide to go with a midwife for your care? Yeah, we did. Um, so we were quite lucky most midwives were pretty much available so um had a really good pick um and yeah we just went with the standard um public system yeah yeah awesome cool and what was your pregnancy experience like from there how did you feel um as your sort of pregnancy progressed and did you do all of the standard testing that's offered in New Zealand 
Yeah, I was really lucky the first time around. Um, I didn't really get any sickness. I thought this is amazing. I can do this a hundred times over. Mm-hmm. Um, re- really, really good. Uh, we did all the standard testing except we decided to keep the gender a surprise. Um, my husband really wanted to keep that as a surprise. So yeah, um, yeah, we did everything else just yeah, pretty standard. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And do you want to talk us through um, like the birth education or sort of any antenatal type classes that you might have done in your pregnancy? Yeah, so because it was after lockdown and um, things like that, we didn't have the regular antenatal classes. We did do a, I think it was a weekend, um, like a two-day course, and that was through, I think, Plunkett or... um, whatever it was so it wasn't yeah much but it was it was good we enjoyed it um and we yeah that was all we did yeah yeah cool and did you have many thoughts on like how you wanted your birth to go or much of a birth plan um yeah so initially I was like you know what I need all the help I can get um I'll I'll get the epidural give me everything um but my midwife you know she did kind of talked me through it and I spoke to a few people and they're like let's just give it a go so I decided to um my plan was hopefully to have a natural birth and go to the birth center here in Christchurch because um there's obviously Christchurch Women's which is quite busy and then there's the St George's birthing center which is very close to home so I thought let's just give it a go um be as prepared as I can and try for a natural birth which yeah was my wish yeah (laughs) yeah awesome cool and were you doing much in preparation for birth like do you did you do any of the antenatal expressing or raspberry leaf tea or any of that sort of stuff yeah I did it all um (laughs) I was like drinking so much raspberry leaf tea eating I think all the dates you can possibly honestly I don't think I can look at another day again um, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah I did it all all the sex everything you, pineapple you name it I was yeah, yeah trying trying it all <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I can definitely understand that yeah. and did you end up going into spontaneous labor do you want to talk us through yeah your labor um beginning yeah sure so um, I was 40 weeks and five days and I decided to have a stretch and sweep with my midwife um, that day. So we went in the morning, she did the stretch and sweep and she said, you're three centimetres dilated. So I was really excited and um, I could tell it was not going to be too much longer. Um, yeah. And then we went home and I did a really, really long walk around Hagley Park. I think I walked over an hour just on the bike track, on the dirt, you name it. I was yeah, walking everywhere, just trying to get <laughs> things to move along. Um, and I got home and I could, I went to the bathroom and I saw that first bit of muc- mucus plug had come out. So I was like, all right, it's going to happen soon. Don't get too excited. Just try and relax. You know how they all say, just relax. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and that was probably about three o'clock in the afternoon when I, I lost that mucus plug. And um, yeah, I just kind of took it easy that night. Wasn't putting too much expectations just in case it was still, you know, a couple of days away or anything like that. So I just tried to relax on the couch and did the last bit of how house cleaning and everything else um that needed to be sort of done yeah yeah 
Yeah. Awesome. And how did things sort of progress from there? Do you want to talk us through how you were feeling and any sort of, um, yeah, techniques you were using to get through labor and then into your birth story? Sure. So, um, that night went to bed, everything was fine. And then I woke up, I think it was about 2 AM. Um, and I needed to go to the bathroom and I thought, okay, you know, I can sort of feel a little bit of cramping. I didn't want to wake my husband up just in case. Um, so he stayed sleeping and I just came out and watched some really trashy TV and literally watched, I think like two or three movies and, um, slowly things started feeling a little bit um, more intense and I think I woke him up at about 5, 5.30 in the morning and I was like, okay, I need, I need you. I think we're <laughs> going to have this baby. Um, and then it was, it was pretty chilled out though. I wanted to stay at home as long as I possibly could. Um, I texted my midwife at about 8 a.m. that morning and I just said, hey, I'm all good, but I can definitely feel that things are starting. Um, And she had actually been at a birth that night. So she was just like, you know, when you know, you'll know. Uh, Just Mm. let me know and I'll um, just try and get some sleep now. And I was like, oh, shoot, okay. So I was literally in labor and I was counting how many hours I thought she'd had sleep. I was like, okay, she's been awake for this long. So if I just push it. (laughs) push it out as long as I can. She'll get a little bit more sleep, which is so silly now. But um, in the moment, I was just trying to give her as much rest as possible. Mm. Um, And yeah, I just kind of hung out at home. Me and my husband, we just kind of shut up and watched all my favorite trashy shows like The Amazing (laughs) Race. And I ate hot cross buns and just really, really chilled. Um, And I think I was just using uh, hot, like heat packs and I would find that I would just kind of crawl on the side of the couch and just kind of be on my hands and knees and that seemed to really help with the contractions as they were um, ramping up in hindsight I should have messaged my midwife so much (laughs) earlier Um, we, we were using a contraction app but my they were all over the show. They were not increasing in t- you know, they weren't getting, mm. there was no regularities or it happening any, any way. So I was like, Oh, it must just be up and down. We, we don't need to call her yet. But my husband looked at me, he was like, no, we, we, I'm calling her. I was like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. So I went and had a shower. Um, and she, he called the midwife. Um, she was still at home. So she sent her, one of her backups to the house, um, and so it took her about probably 45 minutes. And in that time, I went from zero to a hundred and it was really intense. I think at that point I was like, take me to the hospital. I need an epidural. Mm-hmm. I cannot, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. Um, she arrived and she was like, no, look, um, let me examine you. Uh, you've had transition, you're nine centimeters. We, we, we got to go or you want to stay here and do it at home. I was like, oh my God, I can't move. I felt in so much pain. I, and where we live, we're upstairs in sort of like these two bedroom units and um, we had to park the car out on the road. So a little bit of a walk to the car and down the stairs. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot get down these stairs. And and then I just paused. I was like, but I do not want to have the baby here. I do not want to do this here. <laughs> so as soon as... I had a break between the contraction. I ran. I think we left the house open. There was, everything was not, we were not ready. I don't even think we had 
fully packed the car. It was it was a mess. It was all happening so fast. And I ran down the stairs as fast as I could and ran down to the side of the road. It was broad daylight. I think it was about two, almost three in the afternoon. Um, and it was like the school traffic was going past. It was really, really sunny and hot. And I think I was just hugging the tree outside in pain, just like hugging the tree, waiting for my husband to come out. And then um, we, so we live about 700 metres from the birthing unit, so very close. And my husband literally gets lost. I don't even know. He was in a panic. He's asking me, where do I go? I'm like, I don't know. Get me there. I'm screaming at him. I'm literally going to rip the roof off. I was, oh, it was bad. I was screaming so loud. I could feel my body just automatically starting to push I couldn't believe how quick that just happened um so we're at the traffic lights and I am screaming I'm just like get me there we finally get there and I can't even move I am standing in the car and outside the front of the hospital just screaming and everyone's staring and it was yeah it was a lot but they (laughs) they wheeled out um the wheelchair and got me up into the room um, and so when I got up there, they were ready. Um, the backup midwife was still with me and uh, they put me into the pool, which was nice, filled, warm. Um, but it was such a hot day and the water was so hot. I just remember being so warm. Um, and it's really funny because I remember packing like a bikini and all these things to have this water birth. And then when I get there, I just rip all my clothes off. I don't care. <laughs> you just hop in. Um, and I didn't care who was in the room. You know, that all goes out the window. You're just in yeah. kind of this major focus mode. Like, let's just do this. And um, so I was in the pool um, and it was, yeah, really, really hot. I don't think I realized how hot it was. Um, so I was pushing and I think I had this, I got this, um, huge rash like all up my face and I think it was from pushing in the heat and um my midwife finally turned up and she took one look at me she's like are you hot I was like yes and she's like you look like you're about to faint I was like I think I am (laughs) she's like let's just get you onto the bed so um we managed to move to the bed um and I just kind of went on my hands and knees so on all fours and yeah, just started bearing down, um, pushing. So I would think I started pushing for about 20 minutes, um, before the baby was here. So, um, in that moment, yeah, just on my hands and knees pushing. Um, and yeah, before we knew it, the baby, baby was here. It was a lot of pain. So sore mm-hmm. that, that ring of fire burns so hard, but <laughs> it was over, it was over pretty quick, which was, yeah, really good. Um, and I did have some tearing, which was um, quite intense. It was um, not not on the perineum. What is it? Perineum. It was at yeah. the top, so oh, okay. um, more more like where your urethra is. So it was a two degree tear, but it was upwards, not downwards. So mm. it was quite intense. And she, uh, my midwife, was kind of like, "Oh, I'll have to sort of deal with that." Um, but we. Um, 
had that lovely time. I was really, really proud. Everything was great. We found out that we were having a baby girl, which was mm-hmm. super special. Um, my husband was able to tell me that it was a little girl, and we got it on film, and it's yeah, one of the most yeah. special moments that we've ever had. Um, yeah. And then it was time for the placenta um, to come out. So I just was able to push that out. But when I did, all of a sudden, there was this massive just gush of blood. Like Mm. it was just like gushing out of me. Um, And so it was an emergency at that point. Um, And being at a birthing center, you know, obviously things like this happen, but um, it was lucky that there was, it was kind of changeover time with the um, nurses. So I was able to have more than the regular amount of nurses come in and help. Um, and they just started doing all the fundal massaging on me. And it was super intense at that moment. You just realize, okay, something's not right. Mm. Um and so my husband had the baby and I think there was about four nurses pushing on my stomach. Um, my midwife was yeah, trying to shove um, things at me to try and stop the bleeding. It was, yeah, really, really intense. Um, and you could just feel the change in the room. It was from this beautiful, everyone was, you know, so happy with how everything was to this mm. extreme intensity. Um so the ambulance was called um, and we were um, transferred from Christchurch, uh, from the birthing suite to Christchurch Women's Hospital, which is thankfully not too far. Um, but yeah, at that time, my husband has to take the baby in the car and meet us there. So he leaves me in the ambulance and he goes on his own with a brand new baby to the mm-hmm. hospital to meet us there, which is a lot, you know, it's, it's a lot when you've just had this baby within an hour and then all of a sudden you're taking it to another hospital by yourself, but he did so good. Um, and so we went to Christchurch Women's and uh, there was about almost a two litre blood loss. So quite a significant blood loss. Yeah. Um, and from there, they were able to give me a blood transfusion um, and just, yeah, all the other things that I needed at that time, which was which was really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And did they, like, what when that sort of happened, did they afterwards give you any indication of, like, what caused such a large bleed or that they didn't know? Well, that they didn't know. Um, I I think that's something I really struggled with afterwards. Was why, like how mm. you know, there, there must be a reason why. Um, and I spoke with that with my midwife the second time round. So um, she did say it, it's just the way that the placenta removes from the wall. Um, right. And so when it removes, it just doesn't. Uh, I think it it just doesn't close. So usually, um, your you know your your blood would clot and that's that's yeah, that yeah. um yeah. but mine just doesn't so mm. um they were able I think they just give oxytocin maybe um yeah to stop the bleeding um which the ambulance they they did that when they arrived they put oxytocin yeah. and I and then by the time I got to the hospital the blood the blood had 
kind of stopped um, yeah. flood, flooding out the way it was. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And so once um, that sort of managed the bleeding and, you know, that had all stopped, were you able to have your baby back? And yeah, what sort of happened from there? Yeah, so um, my husband was able to meet, he just met us um, with the baby at the hospital um, and they were just kind of waiting to see if I needed to go and have surgery or not. So it was just a waiting to see if the blood had stopped, which it did. So um, once I had, I'm pretty sure it's oxytocin, once that um, was all, yeah, it was all fine. So I was able to just go into the normal, um, actually, no, we... I had to wait to be stitched up. So I had that tear um, and a doctor was able to come and stitch me because my midwife was uncomfortable um, stitching me up. So um, once we had that, then it was, yeah, just, we just had the room and were able to call family and say, hey, we had a girl, you know, um, and have that kind of moment. By, but by that point, it was um, probably eight o'clock at night and then um, being such a busy hospital, we didn't get into a room until 2 a.m. that, that morning. So, yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a long day. Yeah. 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 And did yeah. you feel like you were able to sort of, like, process what had happened? Or did you feel like you were in a bit of shock? Or, yeah, how were you feeling? Honestly, I, had, I don't think I realized how bad it was until I had my second. Um, I think there was a lot of trauma especially just how intense the room was and everything that happened, you know, going from this beautiful high, just had, you know, this amazing natural birth with Mm. no complications to all of a sudden this super intense moment and, you know, thinking, am I going to die? Like, you know, I think it's just a lot, it's it's a lot to process. You just don't know. And um, the way that, you know, the blood was just everywhere. It was flooding Mm. out and it was just, it was just super intense. So yeah, it took, I think I was just in a lot of shock and I don't realize, I didn't realize how bad it actually was. Um, yeah. And I, and cause every, you know, you just think, Oh, everyone has things when they give birth. So it's just what, what has happened. So yeah, I think it took me a while to process, um, what had actually happened. Yeah. And, um, that also was part of my breastfeeding journey as well, which meant that because I had lost so much blood, your body, you know, my body couldn't make or produce milk to yeah. be able to fe- feed. So, um, we tried, we really, really tried. Um, but the lactation consultant came and saw me in the room. They were trying to get me to pump and she just said, look, it, it will still happen, but it's just, you're just going to have to pump and feed as much as you can. But right now your body's just working on, you know, you've just been so depleted. So, um, yeah, that was, it was a lot. Yeah. 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 And what sort of happened, um, yeah, from there, like when were you able to go home and did you need any other support in hospital before you left? Yeah. So we were there for about three days. So what happened was, um, that same day I was, um, well, it was probably in the evening when I went to have my first shower, which I really shouldn't have even been able to have a shower. Um, as soon as I hopped up, as soon as I stood up, I just pretty much would black out. Um, so I blacked, I completely blacked out in the shower. Um, and then I just couldn't even stand. So I wasn't even able to walk for, I think two days afterwards, just because I had lost so much blood. Mm. Um, 
so I was yeah in hospital for I think three days or three nights um and then I had the option to go to a birthing suite but by that point I just really wanted to go home and just be in my in my home comfort so um yeah we were able to go home and um because we live in Christchurch we're from Auckland um we don't have any family here Uh, my mum was able to fly down and give us some support at home you know cook meals and things like that which was really really helpful um and yeah just gave us that little bit of time um in those early early days yeah yeah yeah. awesome cool and how were you feeling once you went home and yeah what was it like having your new baby at home and how did you feel sort of mentally throughout those first few weeks talk us through yeah having a newborn yeah it was uh I, I loved it. It was crazy, as you as you know. Um, you're just in this kind of like black hole of trying to, you know, figure everything out and um, dealing with all that. But yeah, so I was able to breastfeed, um, which we kind of did. But she was formula fed from the beginning. So in hospital, we were given um, the option, you know, if you want to formula feed or donate donated breast milk. But at that point, I was like, look, we'll just go straight into the formula I'm not I'm not too stressed as long as she's getting all that she needs um and then I did continue trying to breastfeed so I think we were mixed feeding from the start which was a lot um so you'd do your breastfeeding then you'd formula feed and then you'd pump and it was just this cycle of triple feeding so intense and you just do it like I think now looking back why didn't I just do the formulas from the beginning um (laughs) you you just put yourself through it trying and trying um and it's it's crazy like I'd be up at three in the morning trying to pump because that's what I was told you know if Mm. you pump through the diet you're gonna make more milk and you just put yourself through it and um yeah it was really intense so I think I I kept doing that for about four months before I was like, what am I doing? Um, You don't need to be doing this. Just cut it and went straight to formula, which was, yeah, a huge relief once you kind of make that decision and and just stick to one because, yeah, triple feeding is intense. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Absolutely. And how did you go recovering from your birth? Like, obviously – you mentioned the second degree tear, but mm. having such a large blood loss um, as well, how did you find the physical recovery? Yeah, I was completely whacked. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've realized how bad again until yeah. I did it again. Um, but yeah, I was really depleted for a long time. I just was, and cause I, I even popped um, like blood vessels in my eyes. I was just a state. So I had this big yeah. rash on my face from the hot pool. I had burst blood vessels in my eyes I was completely depleted I was it was yeah really really tough um but it it came right you know you do just find a way to come right but in those early days you just um stay at home and because we weren't really doing too much we just pretty much hungered in and and yeah just looked after ourselves and Mm -hmm. that's all we did we didn't really do too much which was yeah which was good so yeah definitely felt um exhausted (laughs) 
Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And how did you go, like, your sort of relationship and adjusting to being parents and having this new person in your family? How did you find, yeah, the sharing of the, uh, of the sort of load? Yeah, it was good. My husband's super hands-on. Um, he was able to help out um, being bottle-fed meant that he could um, help out through the nights and we kind of took turns and it was really good to be able to get, you know, take turns and having some sleep. And, um, yeah, we, we worked through it really well and just found time for ourselves, you know, when you can. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Cool. And I obviously know um, that you've had another baby, another baby since because I've read your yeah. birth story submission. But was having another baby sort of always on the cards for you? Did you want to have more than one? What did that sort of look like for you initially? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we, we always wanted more than one. Yeah. Um, but definitely this was not um, our plan. Uh, <laughs> so definitely not that soon. It was a very, very big surprise for us. So Obviously, we, I, we were definitely not as careful as what we should have been. Um, my <laughs> midwife had, had even warned me. She's like, you know, you're really fertile after you've had a baby. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, of course. I was like, yeah, we, we definitely were. Um, so, yeah, no, that was not part of our plan. Um, so we were really still in the thick of it, you know, when you've, when you've just still got a baby and, mm. um, we found we found out we were having another baby definitely was um it took it took a while so what happened was we I think we would have conceived when I was about four months postpartum so still still in the thick of it um and yeah so we I was I said to my husband oh gosh like I've got that sharp pain like again and he was like you're not making a mini are you I was like no (laughs) no no like surely not and um, I think I was just in denial. Like I had the same sort of, you know, that same sort of feeling in the, at the beginning. Yeah. I was like, oh, like surely not. There's no way. There is no way. Um, and then I, ha- I actually did get my period back, I think, 12 weeks postpartum. So I, but you don't realize that it's not the same as when you mm before you had a baby so here I was thinking I'd be on the same four week um schedule you know no it's it's fine if we have sex because we're on that same cycle but um clearly not um and yes so I was late I was like no surely not (laughs) um and I was just in denial I said to my husband I need you to go get some pregnancy tests and I don't think I took it for days. Like I was like, oh, no, like it's, it's not, it, it cannot be. Um, and then I think I woke up, I was like, okay, I'll take a test. I think like, I need to know. Um, and yeah, sure enough, it was the boldest, thickest line 
I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And I just walk out and I just look at my husband and I said, oh, fuck. Like, I was like, fuck, there's no way. And he's just like, you're not. And I was like, I, I, actually, I actually am. And I think, oh, my God, it was yeah, such a shock. I was not prepared. I, there's no, you know, we're in the, we're in the thick of it. I cannot do this again. Like there is no way I was, I was still processing that first birth, you know, every, every night, every night I was still thinking about what, what the hell had just happened. Um, there's no way I can do this again at all. Like we cannot, we cannot do this. Um, so the shock was really intense. I, was I think I just was like bawling my eyes out for days and then mm. I thought oh my god we ha- we have to figure it, figure this out um and initially I was just like I cannot I can't do this again um I think at that point Ellie would have been about five months five months old so I was like let's go to the doctor and we'll discuss our options um yeah. So, yeah, we did. We went to the doctors and he kind of just laid it out for us. You know, you either want the baby or you don't. Um, And this is, you know, what will happen. So at that point, I was just like, you know what? We don't have to tell anyone. We can just not have the baby. Um, I I really didn't know how we could possibly fit another baby into our lives at that point. Mm. Um, So... Anyway, you still have to go through all the process of um, getting a scan and um, blood tests and things like that. So I did, um, and we were just like, okay, do we do we tell anyone? <laughs> you know, what, sh- what should we do? Um, and at that point, I, did, I was messaging my best friend at the time, and she was just kind of like, oh, like, what do you feel? And honestly, I just, I just didn't think we could do it again. Um, yeah. and I said to my husband, let's just call your mum." and she's really good with anything like that. So we called his mom and just told her, um, that, yeah, we're pregnant and we just don't even know if we have the, you know, we can even do this again. Mm. Um, and she was just honest and she was like, look, I'll support you no matter what your decision is, but, you know, knowing you this will be something that you think about for the rest of your life you know um you'll look at your baby and I just know that you will you'll have this feeling that what if and so she she just gave us a few days and I was like okay I'll go to the scan and um when I'm at I'm in the clinic you know I don't even have anyone to look after my daughter this is this is the reality. We we don't have anyone here in Christchurch, so I have to go to the scan alone. We don't even have anyone to look after Eleanor while we had mm. this scan. So you you know you have to bring your baby everywhere with you. And I was like, there's no way we can have another baby when I can't even find someone to look after my baby, <laughs> so I can go to the scan. So mm. it was yeah, it was just it was a lot of emotions. Um, so anyway, I go to the scan, and um, it's very different than what I had just had with Ellie because there you go there with them thinking that you're going to have this termination that mm. you're not going to go through with this baby so um, you go into the dim light room and you're given like a green form not just your regular forms because then they know that you know you're not going to go through with this pregnancy um and yes yeah, so I'm in the room and I'm on the bed and all the screens are off you're not even you know you don't even look at anything it's just it's just a completely different experience mm. and um 
the the lady's like oh do you want to know anything and I was like yeah I do <laughs> and she's like okay well you're seven weeks and, and she goes do you want to see I said yeah I do and then at that point I was like no like I have to have this baby mm-hmm. um so I walk home and I get in the door and my husband just looks at me and he's like so we're having another baby I was like yeah we are <laughs> oh my god what the hell so yeah we um at that moment just decided okay we're gonna do this again um definitely not in the plan but we'll just do it um but that pregnancy was like so hard you know from the first Mm. one it was such a dream I could do this a million it was a whole different ball game um you know I had a baby who wasn't even crawling that wasn't even walking it was it was you know still such an infant so I definitely found it hard and I was sick so the first time it was you know then I was like okay I get it I get what everyone's saying like this is shit no um so yeah I was really sick really nauseous felt oh, I, w- I would just lay on the floor while my daughter's like having tummy time and playing and I would just be watching the clock like when is my husband gonna walk through those doors like it was it was so bad it was so 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 bad but um yeah so I was really sick I was vomiting I was nauseous all day it was yeah another level um and yeah just just taking care of someone else so you know, you've got this baby and you're carrying a baby and, you know, the first time round, it's all about you and you can, you can lay on the couch for an hour. You can watch as much TV <laughs> this, this time you've got, you know, sh- shit to do all day. So yeah, it was, it was tough. Yeah. 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 And how were you feeling like, I don't know, mentally, did you have days where you just were like, no, nah, I've, I've, not I've well maybe you did feel like I've made the wrong decision or like I just yeah, can't believe yeah. that we're doing this again like how were you feeling mentally yeah I was not good um I found it really really tough um I think I cried like every single day mm. <laughs> I was just like how the hell am I gonna do this yeah. um and yeah so I did it I messaged my midwife um once I had decided that we were going to keep the baby um and I was like hey I know you said that we're really (laughs) fertile but I'm pregnant um and she was like oh what when are you due I said on May she's like well I'm actually due the exact same day so I can't take care of you I was like oh no (laughs) so yeah we were due the same day um but she was able to um so they work in a collective of women so she was able to recommend one of her um other midwives that um took took my care which was really awesome so um yeah once I connected with her she was really really understanding with everything but no I was I was really finding it tough I think every day I was just like what the hell like I couldn't even imagine what it was gonna look like I had so much anxiety about you know it was it's literally just me and my husband here we don't we've only been here for three years but that time we had lockdown my husband pretty much worked by himself in his work um so we didn't have many friends we didn't have um you know we didn't have a village here so yeah I was yeah I was really finding it tough I didn't even know who would take care of my daughter when we had our scans so I'd either have to go to them by myself or 
um, if family were visiting from Auckland, they were able to watch my daughter so that we could both go. It was just a whole different, you know, experience. And mm. it was, yeah, it was really like, I did have those thoughts like, oh my God, was this the right decision? Mm. How the hell, like, how am I going to do it? Um, you know, you've got a now toddler because she was, went from a baby to crawling and, mm. you know, you've got, you've, you've got to carry this other human on your hip. And so my body was in this, like, it was exhausted. Mm. And I went through a period where I couldn't even walk properly because I was carrying her all day. And my, when you're pregnant and you, all your, you know, that relaxing, mm. it had made my left-hand side go down, I think, four centimeters. So I had to get all the, you know, all these treatments that were impossible to go to when you've got a top, mm. like a, like a baby. So yeah, it was really, really challenging. Yeah. 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 And what about like the way that you were feeling about your first birth? How did you process like any trauma that you had attached to that? And yeah, what were your thoughts about birth the second time around? Yeah. So, um, once I connected with the midwife, so she was very aware of my um, first hemorrhage and the moment I met her, she was like, okay, so this time we're going straight to Christchurch Women's and we'll be giving you the injection in your leg straight away um, so that you'll have, when you when you deliver your placenta, you'll already have um, the injection. And she yeah. just already had, a, she already had a plan, which was a lot easier knowing, okay, this is just what's going to happen and they're going to be prepared for it um, because the likely likeliness of it happening again is very high. So um, being, already having that knowledge, it was okay, we can, we can do it. Um, mm. But yeah, it was, I think talking to her, she was really supportive. Um, but my whole time, all I was worried about was, what am I going to do with my daughter? Like, who's going to take her, you know? So it was, I think I just had more anxiety about her and no one's ever looked after her. And, um, I think it was just all the unknowns, you know, it was not knowing. And cause you can't plan when you're going to have the baby or all these things, but she was, yeah, she was super supportive and, um, was able to just be there for any other questions that I had, which was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. And did you think that you, you know, like, did you want to give birth vaginally again? Like, were you ever, was it ever a question of maybe you want to have, to have a C-section or you just were always planning to have a vaginal birth? Well, I, I loved the birth. Like, mm. the birth itself was amazing. Like, I, if I didn't have that hemorrhage, I was like, I could do this a hundred times mm. over. It was the most, you know, amazing feeling once you had your baby in your arms and everything yeah. was you know before that um yeah so I was all for it I was like you know what I've done it once and also I had definitely decided I was not having any more babies again um so <laughs> going to, going through the pregnancy I just kept telling myself you never have to do this again like if you yeah. don't want to do this again you never yeah. have to do it again so I think knowing doing it the first time you know that okay you're going to be in pain for this long but it's then you never have to do it again um yeah. so yeah I think that really helped <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure cool and do you want to talk us through yeah the sort of end stages of your pregnancy and how mm. you were feeling and then yeah maybe into your labor and birth story sure so um yeah I was like I said I was really anxious about who's even gonna 
look after our daughter. So we're, where we are, we're in a small two-bedroom. So we can't even have family come and stay for weeks. It was really just guessing when we're going to have this baby and when someone can come down and, and look after Ellie. So what we did was we booked um, flights for my mother-in-law to come down and we were like, all right, we'll do it for 40 weeks and we'll just go from there. Um, and then we, yeah, I was like, okay, we'll book in for a stretch and sweep on that 40th week and then hopefully everything happens within that day or two days like it did the first time I was like all right trying to control the uncontrollable (laughs) um and yeah so my we had booked her flights everything was fine um and it was actually mother's day I think which was the Sunday the 8th of May um and we were just I had no niggles it was just so normal like waiting for this baby no niggles I had a I did have Braxton Hicks a few times but I knew that that's all that it was. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, And then that evening, I think that day we had run around, just I had a few things to take off my list before that Monday, before I was going to have that stretch and sweep. So we ran around and ticked everything off the list. And then we went um, and had dinner, you know, pre-dinner drink at a friend's house and came home and everything was normal. And then all of a sudden I sat on the couch and had dinner and I look at my husband and I said, I think I'm in labor. He just looks at me like, <laughs> what? I was like, water the plants. Like, you need to water the plants right now. He just looks at me like, what the hell? I'm like, you need to water all the plants for me, and then and then I'm good. He's like, oh, my God. And then I was like, shit, your, your mom's not even flying down till tomorrow. So what we did is we jumped online and booked her the earliest flight from Auckland to Christchurch, which was 6 a.m., the flight leaves um so I don't think it or yeah I think that was the first flight of the day and we call we call her at about 10 o'clock and I was like I I think I think we're gonna have a baby (laughs) she's like (laughs) really I was like yeah and then we we rebooked her flights and that was all fine and then I was like shit so we I called a friend and I was like hey I think I could be going into labor do you mind coming over and just watching the monitor if you have to, you know. Um, and she was like, okay, that's fine. And then it just all fizzled out. Nothing happened. I was like, okay, so maybe we're not having this baby. Um, so I was like, all right, let's just go to bed. There's no point staying up in case it doesn't happen. So we just went to bed. Um, I woke up at about 3 a.m. And I was like, I had texts from my mother-in-law being like, anything I was like no it's all fizzled out nothing's happening so don't worry we'll see you in the morning um and then I think I went to the toilet for the hundredth time as you do and I was like oh shit like I can feel a contraction again and then I was like all right I'll get my husband up woke up Brayden and I was like I think it's I think it's gonna happen he's like really I was like yeah I think it I think it's gonna happen he's like all right go have a shower literally had a shower and it was happening like it was on so fast and again no timings and my contractions it was all over the place so I was like oh okay I'll just call my friend and just get her to come around in case and I think that was about three thirty four ish so she came over at yeah four o'clock she arrived at our house and it was ramping up so quickly mm. 
I was like, okay, it, it's happening. I was on the side of the couch again. I was moaning. I was wailing. I was like, mm-hmm. shit, we got to go. We got to go. My husband called the midwife um, and she was, it was her backup midwife again. Um, and she was just asking all the questions. I was like, he was like, no, we need to go. <laughs> like yeah we need to go so we left home and I messaged my mom just being like hey I'm in labor um and then I also messaged my neighbor to be like can you come and look after Ellie in the morning just in case it was just yeah a lot um and then by the time my husband got lost again like again I don't even know how he just gets into this frazzle and got lost on the way to the hospital this time couldn't believe it um and then we arrive at the hospital and I am like screaming again, same thing, screaming. And this was, it was, I think about five o'clock in the morning and I couldn't even walk again, couldn't get into the hospital. And I'm just hanging over one of those tables at the front door that is so disgusting. And where all the hand sanitizer is for all the like (laughs) COVID stuff. I was like, oh my God, this is so nasty, but I cannot move. So I'm just hanging over the table waiting for the contraction to finish. And then my husband grabbed a wheelchair and we wheeled up to the room. Um, And I couldn't even like get to the bed. I was screaming I think I took a few steps and my midwife had met me there and I couldn't even make it on top of the bed I was the baby was coming um so I was stood up and I just look at one of the nurses I was like can I hop on the bed she goes no I think you're better just standing there I was like but I'm gonna slip like I know I'm gonna slip over she's like no you're gonna be fine um and yeah I just was kind of stood up on the side of the bed and just kind of like pushed down and um I was able to kind of grab the baby with my midwife and bring him well I didn't know it was a him and bring it up through my legs and that's when I saw it was a boy um (laughs) but yeah so it was very very fast I think in my note in my notes it was um less than 15 minutes after I got to the hospital I think it was like two or three pushes and the baby was here so very very fast very very intense he came very hard and fast yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and like oh my gosh were you feeling like holy heck that's done and amazing or were you in a bit of shock or yeah what were you feeling sort of initially afterwards well all I wanted to do was get back home to my daughter (laughs) I was (laughs) like if I can like this is like that's that was my plan was I just wanted Mm. to have the baby I didn't want that postpartum hemorrhage and I wanted to be able to go straight home and that's pretty much all I wanted to do the entire pregnancy that's that was my goal so um I think it was good because I didn't have time to think about what was happening or who's got my daughter because you know she's only 13 Mm. months old and no one had ever looked after her except for me so that was such a that was such a big um thing for me Mm. um yeah so I was glad that it was over um that quickly but yeah it was really intense um and then afterwards I could just I lay down and I just felt that gush again Mm -hmm. and I was like that that's when I lost it I just burst into tears I was like not again like I cannot Mm -hmm. do this again um and my midwife was just like it's okay we're you know you're gonna be fine Mm. Um, and I did have another hemorrhage. I lost, I think one liter. Um, yeah. so it's still quite a significant loss, but, um, 
yeah, they were prepared and were able to just um, deal with it straight away. So I think they gave me again oxytocin, um, but I didn't yeah. need I didn't need the blood the second time around. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. And did they yeah sort of check you over after birth? And did you need any stitches this time? Yeah, so I had another two degree tear, but it was downwards, so it was a perineum. So usually you wouldn't tear, you know, you'd be fine, mm-hmm. but because it was the other side, it was, yeah, another two degree tear. So, yeah, um, yeah pretty rough, but my midwife was just, she said it was really um, quite clean, so it wasn't a lot like the first one, which was a little bit more difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you manage to get home that day or did you have to stay in hospital? <laughs> Um, so they were like, all right, if you want to go home, uh, you need to drink as much water as you can. You need to give me two peas and you need to be able to walk. And I was like, all right, I got this. So I started drinking so much water. Like you could not stop me. I think I drank like four four liters of water and just to try and get home. But no, I did. Um, so he was born at... 5.20 in the morning and we were able to get home at 3 o'clock that afternoon. So um, I was just, yeah, really, really happy to go home. And um, I think once I had the baby, I just felt so much better. You know, all the anxiety, all the unknowns, like what the hell is going to happen? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Trying to control everything. It was just gone, you know. He was here. It was all fine. We can go home. And I can be with my daughter. So I think once I I had so much anxiety and stress about what was going to happen, that when it did happen, I felt so good. Mm. Um, and also not losing that much blood and just kind of knowing what you're doing and what to expect the second time around. It definitely was so much more enjoyable. Um, yeah. I, I think that's when I started realizing, holy shit, that first time was so intense. Um, I was felt so shit. I was up on my feet. I was able to do everything. You know, I was, it it was all normal. Like that's Mm. what it should have been like the first time, but that's fine. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. 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 And how have you found things since like, oh man, I think my age gap is hard work and it's like way bigger than yours. So how have you found things like adjusting to life with two and, What's it like for you now? I guess there'll be people who listen to this who are in a similar sort of situation mm. in terms of, um, yeah, gaps in pregnancy. So what's working well for you? And do you have any tips that you'd give to, yeah, parents in a similar position? Yeah, it was. It's, it is a lot. Like, it is really intense. I think because we don't have, you know, family support here, mm. I think if, if we did, it would be very different. Um, but that's fine. That's our choice to live away from home. But mm. it's a lot. It is a lot. Um, I think, so we were able to breastfeed this time, which was really awesome. Um, so uh, that that actually made life a lot easier this, than the first time because you can just whip it out and give them a quick feed anywhere. <laughs> um, so really we fit into my toddler's lifestyle (laughs) so she just rules everything and we just go along (laughs) with her day um but yeah I think having some sort of routine definitely helps so just knowing that okay this this is the time my daughter's going to wake up means I get up half an hour earlier get that shower in and the baby just goes along with it you know Mm. you you have you have this intense guilt 
for the first one, but actually they get all the attention. Everything's fine. It's a baby that's just left in the corner. Like, okay, you'll be fine. You're sleeping. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, so I think yeah. all those worries about what, oh, the, the toddler, the toddler, but actually it's really, they get everything and mm-hmm. it's the baby that has to wait a little bit. But I think it's just picking your battles and just, yeah, some days I'm like, okay, one of them has to just cry for a minute while I sort the yeah. other one out because you can't, you really just can't do it all. And yeah. um, realizing that not every day is going to be perfect. So yeah, it's, it is intense. It's a lot of work. Um, but it, you know, you're always going to have pros and cons of an age gap, and I think it doesn't matter what that is. Mm. You're always gonna you're always gonna have different um, hurdles to to jump over. So yeah. I think in some ways it's great because she didn't she didn't even know what a baby was at that time, you know. Um, so we bring this baby home, and she just thinks it's this lovely toy that she can just. <laughs> play with and now that's all she really knows so it's been a real beautiful bond and seeing them together I know that you know this time next year they're gonna just be able to play Mm -hmm. and just put you know so yeah it's been really really hard but I think it's just having a routine every day Um, I'm really lucky in the fact that she has been an amazing sleeper because the second time around wow like (laughs) definitely not sleeping um yeah so yeah it's been yeah it's been a lot but it's definitely worth it now but Mm -hmm. again knowing that you don't have to do this again if you don't want to that's a lot of um that's how I feel a lot of the time yeah (laughs) yeah 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 awesome and is there anything that we haven't covered that you feel like yeah you want to make sure we've got captured in your story no but yeah just you are very fertile after you've had a baby. So <laughs> yeah. um, just just take that lesson from me. But no, it's 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 been good and I'm yeah, couldn't be happier happier yeah. with how everything worked out in the end. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Cool. Well thank you so much, Christina, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us. I've oh, loved talking you. to you. And yeah, I know there'll be so many other parents out there who find this useful. So thank you. No, thanks so much for having me and I really appreciate your platform and everything you do and share. It's it's super helpful for everyone. So yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it and I look forward to bringing you another episode next week. Talk soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.